1: Welcome to Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. We are sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to legacypminvestments.com. Legacypminvestments.com. You can hear the dog in the background. He agrees. I'll translate for you. He is saying legacypminvestments.com. Well, coming up, I get to visit with an old friend, an NFL MVP sean alexander was the nfl's mvp in 2005 and he just got inducted into the seattle seahawks ring of honor but you will not believe some of the other aspects of sean's life how many kids do you think he's raising and what is he doing with his time post nfl career i love highlighting these stories that are positive and that show what an athlete can do once he hangs up the cleats sean alexander joins us next Well, it's so fun to meet up with Sean Alexander again. Before we started recording, we talked about how it, it, the Pro Bowl, I think it was uh, the 2005 season, of course, which you were the MVP of, and the Pro Bowl happening that February. You were there. Hasselback was there, Matt. And we all flew out of Hawaii on the same plane, all of us with babies in our arms. I remember that so well, Sean. How- Don't. Don't scare me here, but tell me how old your babies are now. Oh, man. So
2: that baby that I was holding is now 15. He's 17. And the oldest one is now a freshman in college. Uh, Oh, my goodness. And so so it's crazy. And then Matt's kids are, they're off in college now. The youngest son, uh, he is now, uh, he must be a junior in high school. So, like, all of them are just. You know, we, they were all, they were all babies, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was so and you know, we've had nine, 10, we've had 10 more since then.
1: <laughs> it's, so it's unbelievable it's, that I, I got to start there. You yeah. have a massive family. You have had 12 kids. Let's get the tough thing out of the way. First, you lost a child at two months. Yeah. yeah. I am so sorry about that. I can't even imagine that kind of heartbreak um, yeah. what happened, Sean, and, and how are you doing with that?
2: Yeah, you know, so thank you for actually bringing Lil' little tour up, you know, we, that was an incredible time, like, you know, you, you live life, and we have been super blessed to have, you know, the first eight kids, and, you know, Valerie, my wife, is just an amazing baby maker, I mean, so we, baby, like, <laughs> 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes. You, you already know, but like, you know, I'm feeling something at nine o'clock in the morning, nine 30, the baby's there. We're like, Oh, okay. This is, this is great. And so, and so, uh, and, and Torah was no different, you know what I mean? And just a, just a wonderful, sweet little lady. And, uh, so she lived for 70 days. And, um, and so we believe that, uh, they, they call it, um, um, SIDS, where you know it's it's sudden, unexplained, you know, death syndrome. Right. So, uh, and so what happened is we believe that you know she could have had a cold or kind of mucus, and she and she basically choked on that. And so it's just that was hard because you know you watch, you got cameras everywhere, you seeing babies move, and then you just think, okay, they're rolling over, and that's not a thing, and, uh, and she did not wake up, and so rushing to the hospital. I still remember the sirens going on. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, You know, your worst enemy, you'd still say, nah, you know what? Um, As detailed and structured as our family is, you know, to be able to see the baby in the crib, you know, cooing, crying, going back to sleep, you know what I mean? And you're thinking it's normal. And then you're like, okay, it's time for her to get up from the nap. And you're like, ah, she's not moving. And (sighs) that drops, you know, that, that surrealness of life. It's, it's made me, um, not take any relationship. You and you and I, we haven't seen each other in so long, but I still value all of our times together when we do get together, because you learn how to value every relationship, um, so well. And, and it was our 15th anniversary, like (sighs) the before that. And, you know, unfortunately, the truth is, is our oldest child has tons of pictures and they got a little bit less for the second, a little less for the third. And then yeah. Boy was number four. Tons of pictures again, a little less Boy. And so we did not take all the pictures except for the day she was born over the, you know, three month or, or three, uh, 30 day, 45 days, six day. But we had so many pictures from our 15th anniversary, us holding her, us playing with her. And so we were really thankful. Um, you know, you got to find thankfulness in it somewhere. We were thankful that we got to hold her and play with her so much um, during picture time. And you know, we do it naturally, but we did get to take the pictures of it, yeah. and so so dear to us. We put them all over our, our, our the house, and and uh, that um, you know, and our kids. We just don't forget her. We we think about you know, and it reminds us how to enjoy each other in the present.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I. My condolences. I, I can't imagine it. Um, you are so strong to be able to just talk about it. And these, this family of yours—some people would say, "How can you do it?" I mean, <laughs> I've got two, Sean, and I'm exhausted. You know. So yeah. I, now I see in photos like your older girls helping out with the babies. So you have some natural health built in there. My dad was one of eleven kids, so. You know, we yeah. talk about it with him, uh, rest his soul. But a- how do you do it?
2: Uh, you know, um, everybody has little different sets of bandwidth. And so, you know, when we were like, hey, we're we're going to, we after after three, we were like, what if we just had like, you know, it was all girls. And we're like, what if we had three boys? Wouldn't six be great? <laughs> we both thought that, you know, and then it was after five was three girls and two boys. And then six or seven were both girls. And we're like, oh. And then somewhere in there, we're just like, all right, God, whatever you give us, we're going to be cool. You've given us a great life, retired by this time, yeah. Whatever you give us, we're going to be happy with. And you kind of just shift. But we would always say to a person who's like, man, we only can have two, we only can have four. And I'd be like, I oh, just pray about it. Do what you do what you do. There's no judgment, you know. What I mean, no, 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 no guilt, no, no shaming. Like, do what you do. And uh, we just had the bandwidth for it. And I always tell people all the time, they're like, man, how do you feel now? And I'm like, well, God said he'll give you a quiver full. This right eye is starting to quiver just a little bit. <laughs> I get it. Like I get it. I'm like, yeah, when it's, when it's a lot, it's just a lot. And you don't have to beat yourself up about that. Um, but you do have to have great priority. And we try to prioritize our kids very, very high after our relationships with God and then he, me and my wife's each other. But... The kids all get it. They all know, like you know, like it's it's funny. You can't have you can't be a whiny six year old in our house because there's a whiny four year old or a two year old. So we're like, you're not, really not the baby. I'll come give you a hug, but like let's tighten it up. And they're all like, yeah. You can- and so we get to have healthier conversations with kids and they're, they're, we, we we get to snap being a spoiled little brat, you know. Uh, we get to snap that of all, both the girls and the boys because they can all lean into it. And we're just like, you know, really? We expect this out of the two-year-old, you know. And they're like, okay, you know. Yeah. And so, so
1: Yeah, they have the example of the two-year-old, what what the two-year-old yeah. looks like. So, hey, if I'm six, I'm supposed to be kind of a big kid now. It's yeah. It's amazing. Right. It's beautiful. It's... It's astonishing. I give you credit. And, you know, your wife looks like she's one of well, your, one of, she looks <laughs> like your, your daughters and your wife look like they're the same age, which really kind of ticks me off. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was
3: not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> that a lot. Like, they'll see my, one of the oldest girls, and our oldest is a freshman in college. And see her, and they like, oh, is this your wife? I'm like, no, it's my daughter. And then my wife would will- <laughs> I'm like, oh, is this your other daughter? And I'm like, really? Like,
1: <laughs> oh, that's oh, my wife. I oh my like? goodness! Uh, but it's really cool because I I know that it, just in the photos I've seen on Twitter and so forth, and and your Ring of Honor celebration, which we're going to get to next, they just it, it it looks like a family that takes care of each other. And it, how can you not, right? You have to.
2: Got. To. You got to you know, one of the things that my wife um said, Hey, you know, we gotta do this thing. I read this in a book somewhere. Like, let's do one on one dates with all the kids. And so Oh so
1: yeah. <laughs> I do a, Wait a minute, do that's a, some a, schedule, Sean.
2: It is. And so I try to do a one on one date with the older eight kids, you know, so the babies they don't have to and so and so what that looks like is one might be a breakfast where everybody's eating breakfast at the table, but me and this one might go off and I'll, do and I'll take a lunch break with one up, I'll or a dinner will be like, a, hey, we're going to watch a 30-minute clip of a TV show or whatever, you know, so thank yeah. God for TV now, you know. <laughs> and so And so, like, so, you know, so you start looking at the ebbs and flows of it and you can say, well, man, I can go take this one and go get some ice cream on this day, this one, and they'll all pick out a time slot. Um, during the week and uh, and from, from Monday all the way to to Sunday night. And so we know like there's going to be some kind of breakfast, lunch or dinner or right after that, 30 minutes to an hour with each kid. And then, and then my wife and I also do a heart to heart. And it's just like a one where it's like, hey, tell us what's going on. You can share anything that's going on. There'll be no judgment here. And so when you start that at a seven-year-old who's like, okay, maybe I might have stole some cookies out of the cookie jar, you know? You know what? what it's the perfect time to stay do not get any uh, judgment
1: that's and- so great but sean here's what's interesting to me you're one of two kids right you just yeah. and your brother uh-huh <sighs> so I'm, I'm thinking like there was no necessary it's not like you were from a huge family so you decided to have yeah. a huge family you, you just sort of rolled with it right
2: yeah so so my dad must be so my mom and dad were divorced, um, you know, when I was sixth grade, so about 10 years old. But my dad had nine kids. It's it's, it's shocking for four different, you know what I mean? And so, so I didn't get to know everybody, but I was close to my dad. I was the baby boy. So I'm, I'm baby number seven and I was the baby boy. But I was always out, allowed the freedom to ask my dad questions like, who are the other women? Why the other women? Mm, do you, are you close with the other kids? Like, you know, hey, can I be honest, Dad? Sometimes I feel a little funny on the inside because I'm the football superstar and you're closest to me. Could that be because I'm the football superstar? And he'd be like, well, honestly, you've always had these kind of conversations with me. And so I just feel like that was that was great. You know, and he tells me stories about his past and not knowing his dad. And so we got to have this really unique bond that really kind of sobered him up to stuff. And everybody used to say, like, you're one of the most confident kids we know that not have your dad in the house. And I'm like, yeah, it's really weird. Getting saved was, was one thing. And then I had these really unique, awesome conversations with my dad and still do today that there was just freedom in, in the ask. And, uh, and so because I did that, you know, I have kids, one wife, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like... Yeah, Dad. I feel like that wasn't the best woman. He'd be like, "Yeah, it really wasn't." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> okay." You know, and so
1: that's, that's a, that is unique, Sean. That's that's different.
2: Yeah, no, it totally is. Totally is like I feel I'm I'm blessed and and favored in that way that God just allowed me to ask the right question that like really helped un, undo some things that I, I could easily just went in that same kind of road. You know what I mean? And you know, I wanted a big family. Yeah, it's easy. Seven different women. Let's get it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, some guys have done that. And I look at them with like, man, like, I don't have no judgment against you. Like, like if we dig into your past, it'll probably explain a lot, you know? Yeah. And so it's and so part of like what I do with some handful of guys today. We just we just go dig into it and we say, hey, there's going to be no guilt and shame of what we're going to ask. There's going to be all truth. And like, let's go from there. And you see a lot of guys start to get healthy and make better decisions. It's pretty awesome.
1: That, that is pretty awesome. Before we go to break... Finally get into the Seattle Seahawks Ring of Honor. There's some big names up there, man. It's so cool to look at the video of all the names around the stadium there in Seattle and and your name added. What did it mean to you?
2: You know, it's it's so cool because, you know, I didn't know anything about Seattle when I got there. You know, being a Kentucky kid, family's all in Cincinnati, so it was all the Bengals and Hootay and Icky mm-hmm. Woods and the Show and Boomer's Eyes and Kenny Anderson, and then come down to Alabama, and that's just its own kingdom in itself. Yeah. And so to Seattle, I was like, man, I don't even really know where Seattle is. I mean, the state of Washington, but I don't know anything about it except for Steve Largent. And I just thought... You know, that's probably the best, like, you know, white boy receiver. Like back in the day, you'd have your friends being like, you know, you know, we had, we was in a very mixed community, dominantly White. And, and from my high school and you'd have kids be like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, Jerry Rice. And somebody would be like, I'm going to be Steve Largent. And I'd be like, I knew that name. That's the only thing I knew about Seattle. And then of course, Mike Holmgren going there from, from Green Bay. Like, right. okay. And so I see that and I see Steve Largent and Jim Zorn, who was, uh, my my the quarterback coach for Hasselback when we was right. there, and so they're, you know, and I and I got to learn about Kurt Warner, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, so Kurt Warner, okay, and I'm watching his game, and then you know I I I got to be mentored by uh by Ricky Waters, and Ricky was talking about some of the great linemen that he played for, and he's like, dude, I'm telling you, watch Walter Jones, he's so amazing, and so. Ricky helped mold my game, and I had the great Stump Mitchell as a running back coach. He's, he's the running back whisperer, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, so you look up, you got Walt up there, Coach Holmgren, Hasselback, you know, Kurt Warner, Steve Largent, Jim Zorn. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. And Cortez Kennedy, who was like another big brother to me, like he's like defensive player of the year from three technique. Like who's D-line yeah. that wins that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, and, you know, so he's like the Aaron Donald before anybody knew what that really meant. Like, you're a great defensive lineman. You had to be a defensive end. And then Tez comes in and just shatters everything. So it was really cool and special to just be mentioned with those guys.
1: It was really cool and special to watch you play that that 2005 season, especially your MVP year when you were just a scoring machine. It was unbelievable. It was such a privilege to watch it and then to To fly home from the Pro Bowl with you. Um, All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about what you are doing, this mentorship you talk about, this leadership that you are helping to instill in young people is there is such a need for this, as I'm sure you're well aware, Sean, we're going to get into that right after this. Well, in spite of the fact that the president thinks the economy is on fire, the economy doesn't look great. Inflation is high. Gas prices are high. You go to the grocery store and you leave in shock that you can't buy your normal groceries for the same amount of money that you used to. Those are the short-term issues. What about the long-term plays? Your retirement, your 401k, your IRA, all of those things. The stock market has been so unpredictable and all over the map that it's just, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's unpredictable, right? And this is where we are. So let me recommend a long-term play here, and that is precious metals, silver and or gold. And when I'm buying precious metals, I trust Legacy Precious Metals. They are the guys that I work with, and I encourage you to do the same. You can check out their website, LegacyPMInvestments.com. They've got a free investor's guide that you can download there. I'd suggest you take a look at that, or you could just call them. Get your questions answered. Find out how your future can be impacted with an investment in gold or silver. And it doesn't need to be a huge investment, or it can be. It's, it's up to you, and that's why they want to answer your questions for you. So give them a call. Here's the number. It is 866-528-1903. 866-528-1903. And I would recommend you do this sooner than later. Now, remember 2008, a lot of people are comparing now to then. In 2008, those who invested in gold saw huge gains. Others, well, they lost their retirements. So make the call, ask the questions, get your answers. 866-528-1903 or legacypminvestments.com. So, Sean, the Professional Leadership Program, PLP. What is it?
2: You know, it it started off because, and you know the stats, you know, you hear 78% of the NFL will be broke two years after they retire. You find 80% are going to be divorced, separated from their spouse, or in an unhealthy relationship. And you're like, dang, how is it that we can make hundreds of thousands and now millions of dollars in the NFL. And you know, you're my sister, so I can tell you. We usually get our pick of the litter of the kind of wife that we want to have. <laughs> you know, I we, get it. We and we mess it up. Like you mess up, you don't get you get to pick the girl of your dreams and then you don't end up get to stay with her when you're older. You make a lot of money and you don't get that and and I just started walking through this process of how can I help guys learn how to lead their own lives? How can I teach them how to master um the 5 Fs? And so the five Fs was just kind of like, hey, if I could tell everybody how to break down these five things, then I'll bet you that you will have a greater shot at being on the other 20%. You know what I mean? And so then what the-
1: are what are those five?
2: Um, fame. And so fame's about identity and, and really marketing. You know what I mean? Uh, um, and so, so I talk about, man, like, you know, who are you? What's your why? What do you think you're on this planet for? You know, what's, what's the true you? What do you really feel about stuff? And like, let's let's take ownership of that. And it's okay. Um, the second one is, is family. And so I, I get the talk about the family you came from, who was responsible for you, who was you accountable to, how do you set the stage for that and how to separate the homeboys that you grew up with because the responsibility and accountability have to be a part. And if they're not, then they're just great friends, which is the third F. And so then we talk about friends, and that's the ecosystem, the people you're around. What are some characteristics of friends? What are some uh, types, different types of friends from from intimate friends, which people say if you get one, you're an amazing, lucky person. But if you get three, four, five, then that could be really healthy. All the way to you know acquaintances, which are just people that are in the same building that you recognize their face. And there's like three or four low levels inside that. And you just say, man, it's okay for people to be where they are. They don't all have to be acquaintances, don't have to be intimate friends. And intimate friends don't have to be acquaintances. There's some casual and close friends. They're just different and it's okay. And so you teach that. And you, so then I can explain what agents are and what and what um, personal assistants are in marketing and masseuse and chiropractors. And hey, they all fit in their friend category. Just put them in there and keep them in there. And you don't have to feel like most guys, and they come in my same shoes, didn't really have anything. So you want to bless everybody, let everybody feel like they all Uh, made it. And they did, but you don't have to go give it, you don't have to give them all your money. You don't have to go say yes to every adventure that you might or might not want to go on. (laughs) You know? You don't have to. the The right friends are the right friends, and it takes you into that fourth F, which is finances, which is really how to spend money and how to make money, and um, and it's really just a joy to let people know that spending money is all investing. If you spend it on yourself, you're just investing in yourself. If you spend it on your future, you're investing in your future. It's called savings. If you want to spend it on a friend or a family, that's just called that's called giving and philanthropic, and that's great. Like you don't have to go. It's like I got to get my mom a house. Not if you're not ready to give her the house. You know what I mean? That's right. I mean. My boys say, I got to give them a up. Well, look, we look up and if you're investing in your friends or the people, your family or people you love, more than you are in yourself or your future, which is the savings, then you're not doing it right. And so we get to walk people out of that and then teach them how to go make money also, whether it's, Partnerships uh, to entrepreneurial, or whether it's making it through um, NIL, or, or or making appearances, or whatever, or or just a job. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. the NFL is. But man, I also get to teach them how to create great partnerships for other things. So all of those are just part of problem. Then the the fifth F is one of my favorites. It's the future. So you got fame, family, friends, finances, and the future. And the future is really like goal setting. What do you want to be when you retire? What do you want to be five years, 10 years? Okay, what kind of relationships do you want to, what kind of family do you want to have? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to do for your community? And I get to teach what is a social entrepreneur, what is a community influencer. Um, and I get to talk talk about legacy. And you, got, you start to see guys hit the switch that says, hey, um, if I want to get here at 50, then I probably need to have these relationships at 20, 20, 25, 30. And they all get to say, it's like, no, no, no. Like, just like lifting weights, no one jumps up under the weight rack and just throws up 300. You actually start with just the bar. You're at 45 and you're yeah. a little, little kid lifting weights for the first time. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly.
2: Probably uh, get there and you're like, wow, man, you just jumped up there and threw 300 pounds away. It was like, no, nothing's that easy. You know, right. even, Even in football, they'd be like, "Oh, Sean, you just like you were just falling in the end zone." Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) You know how hard I had to run and work, and when everybody else was chilling. No, nothing's easy, and neither is a successful future. And so, when you start giving everybody the game plan, um, I don't have to tell them do this and do that. We get to ask the question: What do you really want? And that becomes so freeing to people to show them how to get there.
1: It's it's an amazing approach. I. I got to say, I didn't know what the five Fs were going to be, but I really thought one of them was going to be faith because you <coughs> are a man of faith. I you, am. Have you, did you deliberately say, I'm not going to throw that one in there because, I don't know, I don't want to impose it on other people? What, what was your reasoning? I, I'm, I'm just really curious because I know how how deep your faith is.
2: It is. It is. I just think that Jesus did a really good job of taking the woman at the well and said, you want water? Yeah, hey, you know, here's the water, here's the bucket. Now, If you really want the water that never makes you thirst again, that's me. You know what I mean? (laughs) So so I I do that. Like, I I just believe, like, man, if I get to help somebody, like, let's say if somebody says, I'm never going to follow Jesus, I can still love that person and help them live the best life that they have in this time, there are 90, 100 years of living, man, let me help you have the best 100 years of your life, because the end of it is, if, if the Bible's real, and I believe it is, then you're going to end up in hell. And gosh, I wouldn't want you to have a terrible life and then go to hell. I'd rather you have the greatest life ever. And so for me, I'm more willing to say, hey, if this going to be your best life then let me help you get there. And you're going to eventually ask me some questions where like, well, man, have you ever lost a big business deal? Yep. Lost millions of dollars in this. Have you ever had an argument with your wife? Oh man. Yep. Have you ever lost a child? Yep. Lost a child. So it doesn't always go good, but at the end of the day, like I've got a great life and I can be thankful for it now and I'm going to have a great future and I can be thankful for then, <laughs> you know? And so I'd much rather give everybody the opportunity to discover than to make them feel like they're less than or shamed or guilted into making a decision that that's not really faith. Real faith is me, myself. I just believe this is going to happen. And I would rather people go on that journey. And I, and I have the patience and bandwidth again to go on the journey with people when it comes to their faith and help them get the tools to be able to go get there.
1: It's remarkable. It really is. You keep talking about bandwidth and I'm impressed by how much you have, because clearly when you've got a massive family, you've got, you know, but one of the things I think I learned from, from a, from a defensive line coach, Mm -hmm. he reminded me why he cares about his players so much. And he said, it's because they have so much more life after football than they're ever going to have in their football totality. You know, you, and, and it's, it's true. So, these yeah. guys that think football is it, that this is, this is it, they're going to have so many years after football during which they need to be mindful of th- the decisions they made in their past and the plans that they're making for their future. So, this is just so smart. Um, I got to ask you, you you mentioned earlier that you were saved at one point. Mm-hmm. What happened?
2: Well, gosh, you know, I always gently tell this story because a lot of people go to church and they're in a church, especially in the black, we all be going up in the church you know, at a young age. Um, for me, my family was not religious, but there was a bunch of people that loved Jesus and had relationships with Jesus. So I always thought that a person that had a relationship with Jesus was going to get to go to heaven. And it's true. And so I was not taught that if you go to church all the time, that that meant anything except you were going to church, and so my mom would take our family and we'd be about to get all dressed up, you already go to church. And somebody would call and say, "Hey, we're having a picnic at someone else's at the farm or at the uh, at the picnic area at the park in Cincinnati." She's so like, "Okay, kids, change clothes. We're all going to go to the park and go hang out with with cousins and so and so and so." So, and I'd be like, "Hey, are we not going to go to church?" And she'd be like, "No, nah, we're going to have church at the at the park." And so my thought process was never like, I need to go to church. It was have a relationship with the creator of the world, the savior of our souls, and go love on people. And so that's how I was taught. And so it just happened that when I was 10, um, and so it was young age, when we did go to church and it was always packed and musical and amazing, I didn't even understand what the pastor was saying. I always tell people like, you know, and it's okay, but I remember seeing Roman cry. I remember seeing um, you know, sister so-and-so jump up, thank you, you know, sitting back down. (laughs) Ask the question, like, hey, what is going on? And my mom said everybody is coming into something, coming out of something, or they've just finished it, and um, they've all realized the answer was Jesus. And at 10 years old, I was just like, I need to know Jesus. And I said my first prayer, I said, God, I don't know much but I do know what obedience is. So if you tell me what to do, I'll just do it. And so because I had an understanding of loyalty, you know what I mean? At the best of a 10 year old. And so, you know, by far, not even close to perfect. And I would be the kid that'd be very prideful. Like, I oh, mean, I'm better than you. You know what I mean? And so I had to always wrestle with that. Um, not necessarily drinking or drugs or women was going to, but arrogance. I would always have to wrestle with that. And, you know, still do today, you know, and be like, man, like, look at me, I'm mad, you know? And so, and so, so, but God would look at all of us and say, Well, man, can you lay that down? Can you lay that down to get close to me? And so I just went on that journey with God saying, Yeah, I'm going to, I'm gonna, the, the best I can just lay stuff down when I see it because I really do trust that your plan is better than everything else. And when I'd make a mistake and I'd be foolish, I, I would just say, like, God, hey, I feel like this wasn't right. And he'd be like, Yeah, I forgive you. All right, like, what do we want to do? Well, man, like, I'm really tempted to go do this. Okay, you know, that's that's not going to satisfy. That won't sustain you. And so those two words always jump in my mind. Like, am I really being satisfied by this? Am I really going to be sustained by this? Even the roar of the Ring of Honor and how awesome that is. Yeah. It's gonna satisfy me. Like, I'm still going to want more cheers. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, as soon as I get done, you know, you know. Um, and that, when you know that that's not, but then you can, some, then God can just say, hey, let me tell you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're one of one. You are put on this planet exactly to be you. You ain't got to climb this ladder of greatest, smartest, best, funniest. Um, you ain't got to climb that ladder. Just get off the ladder. Like, just go be you and watch what I do with you. Like, all of a sudden, I became free. And I'm just like, well, well, man, okay. So I don't have to go sustain this image. I don't have to go make it look all pretty. You know what I mean? I don't have to. I can be honest. And man, you sure, Man, I, sure would, I remember telling a player before man, you know, Sean, you don't know I was doing this and this at 15. I was like, are you kidding me, man? I struggle with that. And they were like, what? I'm like, we're human. I just don't have to wear the, carry the guilt. You know what I mean? I can actually just make a better decision. And so that all started at 10 and I just had the right mentors around me whispering to me that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Hey, read this. It's going to give you some principles of, that are godly and these will give you some principles of living life. And I, I trusted the process and it, and that's
1: it has been a remarkable life, and you're still so young. It's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I've always been a fan. I'm even more so now because of what you're doing and how you're doing it. And it's just been a pleasure catching up with you. If people are interested in this professional learning or leadership program, how do they find you?
2: Well, the easiest way now is to really get on to uh, the email, info at com.
1: Info at, Sean info at SeanAlexander.com.
2: Info at SeanAlexander.com. And it'll get to my team. And then my team will start off well then because we are, we're starting to get companies and saying, hey, can you come and speak? And we usually have what, five departments of it. It's a team session, just like a coach. We'll coach them up on the five Fs. We have breakout sessions. There's usually two coaches in every five to 10 guys. And that's more intimate to that grouping. And then we'll have one-on-ones, which is a coach in them just talking it out. And then we have my two of my favorites that are off, off-site and intensive, which that goes into why you live the life you live, some of the childhood wounds, some of the traumatic things in your life. And we have clinicians that come in with that uh, to, uh, to uh, really retreats. And that's all vision planning, resting, relaxing, enjoying yourself and, and setting the stage for your future. Um, all five of those things are available through the PLP program. And uh, we've just seen great success. And we keep everything really quiet. No one knows who. They just figure they'll assume uh, this, this guy could be a leader of, or a, a C-level guy um, to, to this person being an athlete. And what we always try to do is we try to keep everything quiet and just say, like, yeah, hey, these are all my brothers. We're all teammates. Some of them we're just having great conversations with. Some of them we're diving into some deep issues. But we see success in all of it. And, um, and we love going on the journey with everybody.
1: Awesome. I mean, that's just – it's it's really, really good stuff. And I'm, I'm so impressed. And it's so great to see your face and to catch up with you and to congratulate you on the Ring of Honor and your amazing – Family and all the work that you're doing. What a what an uplifting conversation, Sean. I needed that today. Thank you so much for being here.
2: You know what we're about to build is is the one for the women, and we've got some great women leaders that we're we're starting to train up now. So it's still probably a year out, but. But I think that that's going to be amazing because it talks about marriage and talking about healthy relationships. And what do you do with the woman that's a great leader and has a business and how does the husband fit in? And to to the woman that's just, I'm a house mom and I'm raising kids. No, no, no. There's value in both people.
1: Amen to that.
2: Yeah. And so so we so that's going to be the next spinoff of the PLP for for women. So I'll call you in when it's time and let you
1: come. (laughs) I I probably need to be on the listening end of that, but I would be an I'd be honored to be to participate in any way. It sounds amazing. Um, He is Sean Alexander. And for those of you looking for the website, it's S.H.A.U.N. That spelling of Sean alexander.com and you know get on that email list and find out all the amazing things that he's doing it's like i said this has just been joyful and uplifting and motivating he's sean alexander i'm michelle Tafoya. thanks for listening to sideline sandy be brave do good like sean is have a great day everyone Well, sideline sanity. We are very proud to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals, and we're joined by Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. Charles, we are hearing now that this is not transitional inflation. This is not a bump in the road. This inflation is going to be here a while. What, what does that? What does that tell you?
3: You know, that's the scary thing. Um, I think, you know, economies and, and, and such like that, they can deal with small jars. We have a unique situation. We had a Fed that waited much too long to react to the situation, calling inflation transitory for a year when everyone knew it wasn't. But more importantly than that, coming out now saying this is going to be here. This is long term. This is not short term. We're going to have elevated rates for the long term. And why that gets really scary is that means the cost of doing business is going to be elevated for years, which means the cost of goods are going to be elevated for years, which means if companies can't make enough money, they will go out of business. This is why we, we hear some of your bigger companies are already talking about layoffs. So it's a unique situation. The Fed found themselves in a very bad place and they act, reacted way too slow. And this is why we're at where we're at.
1: So if I'm an investor, then what's why do I want gold and silver in my portfolio? What What will that do for me?
3: You know, that, that's a great question. And that's a question we get a lot. And, and really what gold and silver do, um, they act as the hedge against the dollar weakness. They act as a hedge against the other markets. And we know that the Dow and, and all of your markets, all your indices are, are, are pulling back, right? That's not the issue. It's not what's already happened. It's what's yet to come. And that's where we, we need to prepare. So depending on who you listen to and, and the research that you do, you know, there are case studies are saying expect to see another 25, 20 to 25% pullback in your equities markets based on interest rates and loans and, and the bond markets they're suffering as well. No one's going out to buy bonds knowing that they're going to be um, an increased return on them in three months. It makes no sense. So that leaves you in a position of what to do with your money and how to protect yourself. This is where gold and silver come in. This is why we say this is a long-term play. You buy it, you forget about it, let it do its, its job. And its job is to go up over time as the dollar gets weaker, as the purchasing power gets less gold and silver, Increase. It protects that purchasing power. That's the great thing about it.
1: And there's your bottom line and why you need to call Legacy Precious Metals or go download their investor's guide at LegacyPreciousMetals.com. Charles, it's always good to talk to you because these are nerve wracking times for people. You know, it's just the fact of the matter is, as we were told by the the Fed chair, there's going to be some pain. So if people know that they've got something solid sitting in their investment portfolio, I think they're going to feel a little bit better, right?
3: Absolutely. And we, you know, when we look at the actions that have happened just recently, I mean, the Fed has taken a very unique stance and they've done something very um, extraordinary. Three quarters of a basis points raises months in a row. That's one of the largest raises you've ever seen in the Fed. Through the history of the Fed, and it's not just once, one time is shocking. Here we are on the third month now, and we'll probably do another half a half a basis point next month or, or later this month, possibly even three-quarters of a point. So when you look at that and you say that number is going to grow to where the Fed interest rates will be about 5%, unheard of. That means the interest rate to you and I, if that's what banks – Pay to borrow money. We're going to see, you know, credit cards will probably be over 28, 30% again. You're going to see home loans coming in nine, 10, possibly even 11%. And it's, it's a scary time. And this is why we say, okay, know that it's coming. Don't be afraid. You, you now are aware. So now you can protect yourself. And that's what we help people do.
1: Don't be afraid. Prepare just prepare yourself. And like I say every day, I trust Legacy Precious Metals when it comes to investing in gold and silver. So go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Charles and his group can answer any and all of your questions. Charles, thank you so much.
3: My pleasure as always.